Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele, and today on The Gifted Life, it's a special episode with a special guest host. Hey, Chuck Stinson. Hey, how are you? Good. Chuck is with Mora, the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. What do you do there, Chuck? I am the Director of Community Services and Relations. I've been with the agency for about 10 years now and a former broadcaster with radio and television and excited to be a part of the podcast. Yeah, Chuck, one of our partners when it comes to making life happen. Love it. Uh, Chuck and I have to let you know uh, that we are recording this episode during the coronavirus pandemic and being socially responsible as we always try to be, we are recording remotely. Yeah, we are taking this very seriously here at the agency and, and within the industry itself. And we, we're we just not doing the recommended six feet. We're doing the our recommended two states separation. <laughs> and that's really the best, right, Chuck? That's how it goes. <laughs> that's exactly right. So if our sound quality is a little off, we apologize, but we're so grateful that we have this technology so we can continue to share the importance of organ, eye, and tissue donation and transplantation. So without further ado, guys, my man Chuck, who will be joining us today? Well, on this episode of The Gifted Life, we're talking to the current Miss Mississippi, Mary Margaret Heyer, who has a personal connection to living donation and has used that as her social awareness platform for years. Ooh, I can't wait. You ready, Chuck? I'm ready. Let's go. I am too. Here we go. Mary Margaret, we are so excited to have you join us on the Gifted Life podcast. In your journey through donation that I'm well aware of because of the opportunities I've had to speak uh, to you and meet with you over the over the past few years. But could you share a little bit with our listeners about how donation affected your life and then head into the journey that it took you on uh, as a social awareness campaign? Absolutely. So growing up, I always joked that the only thing I ever knew about donation and transplant was um, from watching Steel Magnolias. I loved that movie growing up. And of course, there's a kidney transplant and donation storyline there. So um, I loved that. But that was pretty much the extent of what I knew about donation. Until 2010, my grandmother visited her doctor just to have a routine checkup. And they ran some blood work that was actually a little more extensive than they had planned to. It was almost kind of an accident. But the result of that blood work was that she received the prognosis of being in kidney failure. And so, of course, that meant we had a few options. We had the dialysis option. We had the organ transplant list option. But what we opted for was the third option, which was my mother being tested to be a living donor. And luckily, she turned out to be a perfect match, the most perfect match we could have imagined. And so in 2012, at Oshner, my mother donated a kidney to my grandmother. And so that kind of closed. Yeah, it was amazing. And such an example of me, I was 14 at the time, such an example to me of just true self-sacrifice and love and the gift that an organ can be to another individual who really needs it. 
And so that kind of closed the chapter, though, for my family and our story on organ donation. We had a happy ending, but it really just opened my eyes to the fact that not everybody has that option of a living donor and not everyone has the same happy ending we did, unfortunately. And so I became passionate at that age when I realized that and it didn't really manifest into much. I mean, I became a registered organ donor and I told my friends that they should as well. But the extent of my true outreach work began when I started competing in the Miss America system, because if you don't know anything about that system, you probably do know that we have to select a social impact initiative. And so I kind of got into pageants as an accident. I was just competing as a favor for somebody who needed one more contestant to be able to host the pageant. They didn't have enough contestants. So I said, sure, I'll do it, whatever. Well, I won accidentally. And they said, well, now you have to pick your social impact initiative. And as a result of my family's story, I immediately knew that organ, eye, and tissue donation would be my social impact initiative. And so for the past three years, I have practiced promoting what my platform is called, which is Advocate, Celebrate, Donate, Diminishing the Donor Organ Deficit. But I work closely with the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. And it's just been such a journey of love for the organ eye and tissue donation community and how wonderful everybody is and truly what an example of love that we can express to another individual by simply making the decision to register as an organ eye and tissue donor. I love all of that. And I love that you mentioned Still Magnolias and in the movie, one of my favorites, uh, a mother-daughter duo as well. So I, I love that that you pulled from that and then you're living the dream. But I watched some of the interviews with you, which you're gorgeous. I love saying your name. Mary Margaret Hire. Mary Margaret. I love it. Um, Thank you. It's a but when you're talking... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but here's what I, I, I pulled from your interviews. You always speak about donation. It's joyous. It's sacrifice. It's important. It's a blessing. And I love that. And I love that you experienced one side of it and you were determined to team with Mora to learn the other side of it. Like, who does that? Like, what pushed you to learn more, to do more, to be more? Well, that was the reality of the situation is that I knew my side of the story and I knew that in order to appropriately educate the state of Mississippi about this great cause, I needed to educate myself first and learn more about what the process of becoming a deceased donor looks like and all the people that are involved in that. And then on the other side of the actual transplant, the transplant surgeon to put those organs into somebody who really needs them. I knew that I needed to learn. And so I teamed up with Mora in order to learn simply. And I have certainly had a thorough education. They have been wonderful and have held my hand through this entire experience because I went to college for an English degree. Medicine is not something I ever aspired to know very much about. So it has certainly been a learning curve, but everything I learn every single day has just shown me how capable and wonderful and miraculous these medical professionals who facilitate these daily miracles are and truly how incredible the human body is that we can give this gift to another individual who needs it. So let me let me follow up a little with Mary Margaret and her involvement with us, and then I'll have a shameful moment for myself about this. She's been involved with us for, what, four or five years now, Mary Margaret, I think, somewhere in that area? Going on four, that's right. Yeah, and... um. 
and she has always been present at events. And we've been very lucky in Mississippi for when we've had a Miss Mississippi contestant that has taken this on on platform. They have always been involved for the most part, and especially the ones that have won Miss Mississippi. Sarah Beth James reaching back a few years, and now Mary Margaret, and even Christy May before that. Uh, but they've always been very involved and uh, very energetic about our mission and about promoting organized tissue donation. Um, and Mary Margaret was always present at events. She was always volunteering. It wasn't just a photo opportunity for her. She's engaged. She's invested in the mission. And um, she, we had seen her a few years. And to be honest with you, we didn't hear really from her the last part of last year. So I wasn't even sure that she was in the pageant this year. And then I get on my phone on the next day and she had won Miss Mississippi. I was actually out of town and I contacted her and I, I think I apologized to her for not knowing that, but she was still so invested in the mission and still doing things. And, and it's just a tribute to the person that she is, that she, she didn't reach out to us in terms, she was doing a lot of things that were promoting the mission. And, and that's because of what it meant to her heart. And um, we were so very excited to see her and, and to be involved with her and to stand on that stage um, because she is such a passionate advocate of what we do. Well, thank you so much for saying that. That means a lot to me. It's been truly a blessing to get to be a part of this community and a part of this mission. And I guess just to clarify for the audience who may not know my specific story, I worked a traveling job for 2018 and into 2019. And so I was on the road consulting at different universities. And I realized the opportunity that I had getting to speak to these college-aged kids who may not know anything about organized tissue donation. And so I had the opportunity to take my social impact initiative and organized tissue donation on the road, shall we say, and I actually got to facilitate presentations in 13 different states over the past year about why college kids should value being an organized tissue donor. So yeah, I was disconnected from Mora for a minute just as a result of the job I had, but it was a really cool opportunity to expand my platform nationwide and not just in the state of Mississippi. I love that. Here on the podcast, we talk about one person making a difference and you're living it. You're using the crown to save lives. I didn't create that. I heard you say that in an interview, which I love. Um, but <laughs> while you're talking to all of these folks, what are some of the myths um, that you were trying to correct while you're out there in the community when you're trying to make life happen? Well, I did feel like a mythbuster at times, for sure. That is something that we all can relate to and definitely encounter out in the general public. I think the main myth probably is the idea that if you are a registered organ eye and tissue donor, you happen to get into an accident and an EMT maybe realizes that you're a donor. People think that those medical professionals are not going to do everything that they can to save your life because the theory is, well, if you don't survive your condition, then well, eight other people can be saved and countless other people can be healed as a, resu as a result of the organs and the tissues you can provide. But that's simply not the case. My father is a medical professional, actually, and he's a physician and took the Hippocratic Oath. And I've had lots of conversations with him about the fact that the medical professional who is facilitating your care is going to do everything in their power, everything they possibly can, regardless of your status as an organ, eye, and tissue donor, to save your life because that is the priority in that moment. And only after they fail to do that will the conversation of recovery and transplant even be a conversation that they have. And so that is definitely something I have tried to 
ingrained into the minds of everybody I've spoken to because that is something that is misrepresented a lot in the general media. What's coming to mind is Grey's Anatomy. So thanks, Grey's Anatomy. So, Mary Margaret, what are some of the things that you've seen as you've gone around to uh, the different different events that uh, donation has been um, prevalent at that you've been promoting? Or what are some of the things uh, that, that have really maybe touched your heart, the conversations that you've had out there? Well, the thing that's coming to mind first is a family that I had the opportunity to meet at a Pearl River Community College football game. They were being honored as special guests at that game because they had just lost their son only a few weeks prior to them appearing. His name was Boston Como, and he was killed in a car accident with his mother in the car. And it was unfortunately a drunk driver that took his life, but he was able to save so many lives and heal so many lives because his parents decided to donate his organs and tissues. And only a few short weeks after that happened, they were already out in the general public promoting donation and sharing their story, which I cannot even imagine how challenging that must have been uh, because of the freshness of their loss. But it's just so inspiring to see individuals like, like the Como family and so many others that I could name that are so passionate about this cause as a result of the effect it's had on their life. It's really neat to find parallels between me, myself, and other people who advocate for the cause and to share stories. And it really just deepens my love for donation every time I get to meet somebody new who is out in the world promoting why we should register. Every time I hear a new story, it just makes me fall so much more deeply in love with this cause that we promote. And I just love your story, Mary Margaret. I mean, I'm just picturing myself back in college. I've only graduated a couple of years ago. Kidding, a lot of years ago, Mary Margaret. But you are you're a beauty, you're well-spoken, uh, you're poised, you're passionate. And I'm just thinking about you um, talking to these young people, our future leaders, right? So we are trying to create this movement here in Louisiana. Um, and I know Chuck is too. And we're trying to get these young folks talking positively, learning the facts, making educated decisions. So when you're out there, what works, do you think? Well, especially when I'm speaking to youth, um, I don't typically do high school age unless it is seniors. Um, Sometimes I will do juniors as well because they're approaching that age of being able to legally register themselves. But a lot of the times I just kind of have a real talk moment with them. And I am 24 years old, so I'm not that much older than them. And a lot of the times I will give my general speech that I give at Rotary Club meetings and Kiwanis Club meetings and all across the state. I'll give that that same standardized speech that I have been perfecting over the years. But I also will allow a moment at the end for a real dialogue because they do have a lot of questions. And this generation that's about to graduate high school, they're so impressive to me because they're so curious about the world. And so a lot of the times my dialogue with them and my question and answer session will be even longer than the speech that I gave. But to me, that just shows how invested they are in learning about the world and learning about things like donation. And it also shows me the heart that they have for wanting to help their fellow man. And it really encourages me about the future of our country and our world. Mary Margaret, uh, something kind of unfolded over the last month, too. You've gotten hooked up with the Mississippi Transplant Games team. Um, and depending on what happens with COVID-19 and, and if those games will still be held in New Jersey, um, 
later this year. You are planning to go with your mom. I am. And my grandfather as well, who's the husband of my grandmother who received the kidney from my mother. Unfortunately, she has since passed away. Totally unrelated cause. She went to heaven with a perfect kidney. That's what we always say. But he is going to be joining us as well. So yes, we are very excited. I was asked to lead the team in the opening ceremony, which is such an honor. And to me, it just really empowers me to continue doing this advocacy work. And it just is such an example to me that if you are willing to go out and do the work and hold the banner for something you care about, people will reciprocate and will listen and will help you and will really care about what you have to say. I love that you guys are talking about the transplant games. I've had the privilege of going for a couple of years, and it doesn't matter um, if we all speak the same language, um, that we're from different areas. We're all there for that one common cause, making life happen, celebrating these heroes, celebrating life. And it's just so amazing. So, Mary Margaret, that you even want to take that next step and and sacrifice the time and be there, um, you you deserve that crown, girl. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that's something I've always been passionate about. In general, not just with my social impact initiative, but with every woman who competes. We have 41 contestants at Miss Mississippi this year, so a widely vast variety of different causes that are being promoted. And something I try and instill in the girls who are competing for my job is this is not a platform that you care about because you have to have one. It should be something that truly has changed your life and has affected your life and something you're passionate about and want to advocate for for the rest of your life. So, Hopefully, I will be a little bit of an example for them, and I just truly believe that this will be something I will promote for the rest of my life because it's changed my life. Well, and I wanted to ask you about that, Mary Margaret, too. How does life look in in the world of donation for you afterwards? I know you're very passionate about it, but what what do you think that you would like to do or what would you like to see done uh, from your standpoint uh, to promote donation? Well, as previously mentioned, I do not aspire to be a medical professional. My brain just doesn't work that way. And I really wish that it did. I really wish that it did because, I mean, in a perfect world, I could go to medical school and be a transplant surgeon, but that is just not realistic. Uh, I know myself, and that's not for me, but I will be beginning law school actually in the fall. Nice. And so, something that I have looked into that, um, how it could relate to organ donation is potentially practicing some sort of medical law or public policy so that I can be on the forefront of getting these bills written and passed so that it can be easier to receive an organ donation um, so that there's less red tape when it comes to uh, the waiting list and how long that takes. So anything that I can do in the future to help in my field is definitely something I'm interested in, in in addition to continuing to volunteer my time, which is very important to me. Lori, I'll let you know that we're we're lobbying for her to become Miss Mississippi again next year. I don't know if that's going to happen, <laughs> but we're working on it. <laughs> well, well, hey, if this, if this COVID continues into June, it may happen if we have to cancel. <laughs> I'm just saying, when we get to transplant games and she falls in love with Team Louisiana, she may be relocating for law school. All I'm going to say, Chuck, all I'm going to say. We're going to have to talk about this, Lori. We're going to have to talk about this. So, Mary Margaret, I've... I've never been in the in the pageant world. Just watch from TV and awe at, at all of uh, what these ladies um, do. But everybody has to come up with their social platform, is what it sounds like. But when you talk about donation or you bring that up, is it something that um, 
that most are familiar with at that level? Um, or is it something that, that you feel you have to explain or they just feel it from the passion that you bring to the table? Um, how is that? It's kind of a combination. It depends on who the judging panel is. Um, so sometimes they are very well educated. Sometimes they even have a story that is related to their family and donation. But a lot of the times there is kind of that moment of having to facilitate and give a little background information and provide some statistics um, and definitely myth bust a little bit. But a lot of the times in my interview in particular, um, we are able to get into a really educational and emotional dialogue as well about what my platform is and what it's done for me and other people and why the judges should be as passionate about it as I am. Mary Margaret, we want people to be able to find you. Um, and if you'd share a little bit of your social media accounts, you and I talked about that briefly on the phone, uh, making sure that we didn't share anything you didn't want to share. But you said your life is public and always will be now after after this stint as Miss Mississippi, didn't you? That's right. That's kind of the gig. It's a lifetime thing. You're only active for a year, but you're always Miss Mississippi. So you've got a Facebook account, Miss Mississippi, right now, and Mary Margaret Hire, and then your Insta account is uh, Instagram account. I tried to sound like one of the kids there. Uh, <laughs> Mary Margaret Hire, and yes, your Twitter at is Mary at Mary M Hire. So we want people that to find that. Right. We've got links to on our Donate Life Mississippi YouTube page to some stories that we've done. Uh, there's stories also from the University of Mississippi Medical Center that you can find at umc.edu slash news. And some local TV stations have done some coverage of you as well, specifically WLBT, and they can go to their uh, website and, and search that out as well. Um, it's, uh, yeah, and it's Mary Margaret. Let me make sure I spell that correctly. Hire, H-Y-E-R, just in case. Um, That's right. And also, if you're interested in following, if you're interested in following the rest of my reign, I have social media for my title as well on Instagram and Twitter, both. It's at Miss America MS. So she told me something interesting, Lori. Well, first off, Mary Margaret will be speaking at our, we do a, an annual banquet in July uh, to honor our hospital partners, community partners called the Sparrow Awards. And Sparrow is Latin for hope. Uh, and Mary Margaret's going to be our featured speaker this year. But her reign as Miss Mississippi will be over and she cannot wear the crown. Once the rain is <gasps> over. Crap. How about that? <gasps> Can I have it? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it will probably go in a shadow box and be displayed in every residence that I have for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll be a souvenir for sure for the rest of my life. Probably my most valuable item that I'll ever own. Something well, tells me Lori's already got a crown somewhere. <laughs> I, I do not, but <laughs> in your interviews, well, you I was wondering how you kept that up there on, on that nice head of hair. My goodness. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary Margaret, we talk about in the donation world, a legacy, leaving a legacy. How will people remember our heroes, our loved ones, and we help our families tell those stories. So at the end of your reign, uh, your legacy, what are you wanting people to remember about Miss Mississippi, Mary Margaret Hire? I hope that they remember that I treated this title as a job because that's how seriously I take it, whether that's making general appearances that the public books me for or whether that's my social impact initiative and promoting organized tissue donation. I hope that they remember that I didn't waste a minute and spent every opportunity I could 
telling people why they should register as organized tissue donors and truly being the best representative and servant for Mississippi that I could be, because that's been the goal of my year. It's not a princess job. It's a very crazy, busy one, and it's a lot of hard work. And so that's how I hope I'm remembered is as a hard worker and somebody who did all that they could with the time that they had. And Chuck, let me ask you. So we have Miss Mary Margaret, who has this platform, which is amazing. And she has all of these eyes on her in social media and all of that. Um, so how did that help you and your campaign, your mission over at Mora, having a, a partner like Mary Margaret, who was willing and who wants to and who wants to dedicate that time? Well, I, I think the things that she just talked about, the hard work and the willingness is that um, – you know, there's a lot of demands on um, on a Miss Mississippi, um, and, and there's a lot of demands on any state pageant winner. Uh, but what we know is that when we put in the proper request at the proper time, that she's going to be there, and and she is just so willing to share the message, the passion, uh, the influence that she can have on people. Um, it, it it's it's been very very uh, telling to see. I, we we always see these pageant contestants, once they reach the plateau of Miss Mississippi and the imp- the social impact that they can and do have. And, and it really makes it so, so fulfilling to watch because she is so willing to, to share the message and promote the message. And she always has been even long before she was Miss Mississippi. This again, uh, Mary Margaret, this was not, this was not a photo opportunity for her. This was a passion. This was a lifestyle. And we know good and well that she's had a great impact on our ability over this last year. And that's again, why we're lobbying to keep her in that role next year. Wow. (laughs) Well, we are so grateful that you guys, both of you took the time uh, here on the gifted life to tell this story, Mary Margaret, we hope to check in with you at transplant games um, of America and just learn from you, your experience there. So we hope that you'll join us again here on the gifted life. I would absolutely love to. I'll see you there. All right, more to come on The Gifted Life, guys. Hang tight. In every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today's hero comes to us from our Mississippi partner, Mora. Her name is Danielle Bryant. Danielle Bryant, better known to her family as Bebe, was someone that wanted to make everyone laugh and help anyone that she could, according to her mother, Cynthia. She loved people so much that she was studying to be a pediatrician because she loved children more than anything. In July of 2012, Danielle was working an event with her family as a model, and she suddenly collapsed. Danielle had suffered a brain aneurysm. Her mother, Cynthia, knew without a doubt that her daughter would want to help anyone she could through organ and tissue donation. Ultimately, Danielle was a multiple organ and tissue donor. And her mother to this day says that she is so thankful for the 20 years that she had with Danielle and that she didn't want to be selfish with the gifts her daughter could give to help others. And now we pause and say thank you to Bebe Bryant for the gift of life. question and answer segment today. Chuck, this is for you. If I live in Mississippi, where can I find out information about living donation? You know, Lori, we get that question a lot and it's becoming more prevalent now with people giving this thought to be a living donor. 
And the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson has a living donation program. You can find them on the web at umc.edu and just type in healthcare and transplant and you'll find your way around the website to their transplant uh, page. Or you can call at 601-984-5065. I love that. A one-stop shop for information. That's what we're looking for. And we want to hear from you guys. Email your questions to us at info at thegiftedlife.org, or you can pick up the phone. We still do that these days. 504-648-3477. We may even play your audio on this podcast. And that'll do it for this episode of The Gifted Life. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we want to remind you that you can register as an organ, tissue, and eye donor anytime. Registerme.org. And we want to thank Mary Margaret Heyer, Miss Mississippi, for being on this podcast. She is a genuine treat to listen to and a genuine treat to work with, too. She is very, very passionate about our mission. The best place to find this podcast is at thegiftedlife.org. Yes, listen there, or you can find links to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're just about everywhere, Chuck. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can do like I did and leave a five-star rating. It really helps others to find this podcast. Chuck, you gave us a five-star rating. I yes, love that. I did. I did. It's, <laughs> I love that. It's been a pleasure working with you, Lori. I, I felt that I needed to do that. Ah, that was awesome. Uh, We love learning from others. We love partnering. And we have another connection. Not only uh, do we work together to make life happen, but we have sisters, one who works for Lopa here in Louisiana and one who works for Mora out there in Mississippi. How cool is that? That is really cool. Carrie is over our donor family services and she is incredible to work with. She's got a vast history and knowledge in the industry. The only bad part about working with Carrie is that she's right across the hall from me. So I have to deal (laughs) with her every day. And we have Shelly Cavaretta, a family advocate, um, just so passionate about what she does. But I love that they, too, collaborate what's happening in Mississippi, what's happening in Louisiana. But the bottom line is, how can we all help these families even better? So um, I just love that. I thought that was a, a nice little caveat. And, of course, Chuck, you have been amazing. Um, and we just appreciate Mora and all you guys do to help us make life happen. It is a partnership in this industry, and there is no better feeling about coming to work every day than doing this job. I agree. I agree. All right, guys. I know a lot of you are probably on your phones because we are recording this during the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic. Uh, But on social, like our page on Facebook, it's the Gifted Life Podcast. And you can follow us both on Twitter and Instagram at Gifted Life Pod. But we ask that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help all of us make life happen. We're one team. Let's go out and do it. This is a production of LOPA, or the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreaux, and Sarah Blakemore. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. Intern is Rebecca Ranham. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. Troy Perez.